word in the book of Psalms and Psalm 100. Psalm 100, we're going to look at this psalm together, the whole psalm. It is a psalm of, of thanksgiving, as the heading in some of the Bibles will have. We are to give thanks to God for all his blessings to us. We ask ourselves the question, though, how often do we give thanks to God? And are we as thankful as we, we should be? Now, these questions still search our hearts, as God's questions often do. Are we as thankful as we should be, and how often do we thank God? I'm sure for all of us here, there's not a day goes past that we're not thankful to God for so many things. But today I want us to think of it as a day of thanksgiving, not especially a pointed day, but a day as with every day that we can see the many reasons we do have to give thanks. And especially tonight, looking back over the past weekend, and giving thanks for God's goodness to us in so many ways. It was a blessed time together and still feeling that even today and hopefully we'll keep feeling that in the days ahead that we were blessed by God. He was with us through the preaching of the word. He was with us as we sat at the Lord's table. He was with us in our fellowship with one another. He was with us in so many ways. And truly, we have so many reasons to give thanks, an encouraging time and a time we pray that will spur us on and keep us going from strength to strength. Because we have been through, as was we heard in the prayers, a difficult period of not being able to gather in such a way. We pray that bit by bit, God, God is building up his people again, giving us the confidence to go forward in his strength. And by filling our hearts with thankfulness, that gives us a strength to keep looking to him as we go forward. We read in Paul's letter to the Colossians there in chapter 2, these words, Although I am absent in body, as at verse 5, yet I am with you in spirit, rejoicing to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught. And he concludes that little section, abounding in thanksgiving. Abounding in thanksgiving. So you, you see all the things that are mentioned there, the uh, rejoicing in the order and firmness of your faith, the things that we want to see in all God's people, how you received Christ, you are to walk in him, rooted, built up, established in faith. All of these things that we long to see in each of us as God's children, abounding in thanksgiving. Thanksgiving completes our praise to God. There Paul is encouraging his people in the midst of great challenges not to lose heart, but to press on, to press on in this way and to do so abounding in thanksgiving the more we see of what christ has done and the faith that we have received from him to be able to love him as we do because he first loved us let us truly be thankful for all that he has done and with these words in mind i want us to look at at psalm 100 together this evening a psalm 
of thanksgiving. I want to see what it has to say to us. It is, as we've said, a psalm, a song of thanksgiving. As a thanksgiving psalm, both in terms of who God is and what he has done, and indeed what he is continuing to do for his people. It's a psalm that gives us commands and instructions to be a people who come to him in worship. It's calling us to come before him, to come into his presence, to serve the Lord with gladness, to come into his presence with singing, to go on in worship and thanksgiving to him. It's a psalm you could say has, has great breadth. It's a psalm that's a call to all mankind to come and give thanks to God. That is our prayer. But it's also a psalm of great depth, the depths that there is in the truths of who God is and the depths that there is in how God has been calling his people through generation after generation. We can look at it every generation, past, present, and future, who are called to come and worship God and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Even though it was a psalm that has its setting in the temple courts of the Old Testament as the people gathered there to worship God, it doesn't stay in the Old Testament. It's very much a psalm that follows into the New Testament, that we are to be a people who are to come in this way, to gather before God in his presence and to do so through Christ who has opened the way fully for us to come. And to come, as we say, with thanksgiving. And three things I want us to see here in this psalm about the way this psalm instructs us in our thanksgiving. The first thing is the way of thanksgiving. And the second thing is the reason of thanksgiving. And then thirdly, we see the endurance of thanksgiving. So the first thing is the way of thanksgiving. Who or what do we give thanks to? It's a question we're all able to answer tonight, I hope, in the same way. We give our thanks to God. But as we, we think of that question in a wider sense, in our wider society, who or what do people give thanks to? We have been experiencing and still experiencing challenging days that make us think of many of life's issues. People are looking for purpose in life. What is it? What is it to have purpose in life? People are thinking about the future. What will it be like? There's so many changes we're seeing in our world. What is lying ahead of us? We see a day of many troubles and we're reminded of the reality of them. We think of people as we should all be looking for hope, but what is it in? As God's children, we know the answer to these questions. We know our purpose. We are made to worship God. The future, we know all the promises that are yea and amen in Christ, that he has a plan and a purpose, that he is preparing a city for his people. He plans our ways. He plans our steps. He guides our paths. We look to him for all things in the future. In the midst of troubles, we know 
true that Jesus has promised we will have troubles, but to be of good courage, to be of good heart, because he has overcome the world. And our hope, our hope is in Christ. We have that much to be thankful for, that as God's people, we come to a living God giving thanks to him. And our prayer is that as a church, we will be built up to show forth that thanksgiving to others. That as the Psalm, I think Psalm 69, the first Psalm we sang spoke of, that we would be a witness to others, that they would see our thanksgiving and wonder of it. A couple of years back when COVID initially started, there was a fascinating article in the Scotsman newspaper. In these early days, people were really challenged and shaken by what was happening. And an article was written, and the title of it was, Secular Gods Are Failing So Many in the Time of COVID. The article opens with this line. It says, there are no true atheists. In reality, everybody worships something. And this was not a Christian writing this article, but it was written in a sense where we were being made to think, well, what are we worshipping? Everyone was being asked the question, what are you worshipping? We're not atheists. We, there's no such thing. We all worship something. So who do we worship? It spoke of how many people were inquiring about the Christian faith. They were seeing their secular gods failing them, failing to satisfy their lives. I'm beginning to question, uh, what is it? Who are we worshipping? What is the purpose in life? But are these questions still true today? So quickly, people started just to go back to the old ways, to forget about God and any thought or inquiring after him. Instead of giving thanks to God for coming through, when was that day appointed as a national day of prayer by our nation for giving thanks for all that we came through in COVID? Well, we're still waiting for a day to be appointed. Will it happen? Well, we doubt it because of where our nation is at. But who are we worshipping tonight? Who do we give thanks to tonight, not just for bringing us through, for restoring us, for being with us, but we pray to build us up, to make us stronger, to go forward in his strength. We worship God not just in the good times, but at all times. We worship him now as seeking better times now, but also with that assurance of eternity. The writer C.S. Lewis once said, God whispers to us in our pleasures. He speaks in our consciences, but shouts in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. And hasn't God shouted into our pains? He has been shaking us. He is still shaking us. But are we listening? That is what Psalm 100 reminds us of, that we are able to come and worship him 
and give thanks to him, to make a joyful noise to the Lord. All the earth serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Whatever our circumstances, we have much to give thanks for. And we have been encouraged in these days. And let us stay encouraged. Let us stay with our hope fixed in our Lord Jesus Christ, in his word, to have confidence in it, in his spirit who is working. Dwight L. Moody was a great servant for God. And when they began to build what would later become Moody Bible Institute, when they were laying the foundation for it, they set a cornerstone. And Dwight L. Moody was there at that time. And it said that as the stone was laid, he offered up a prayer. And he gave the cornerstone a whack with a trowel. And then he prayed and said thus, Lord, you know what this old world needs more than anything else is thy word. We pray that the day will never come when anything contrary to the Bible is taught here. And that is true for everywhere where God's word is taught and proclaimed. This world, this old world, still needs God's word more than anything else. These days remind us of scriptures that speak of God seeing a people corrupt, corrupt in sin and the judgment that he brought upon them. When you go back to the days of Noah or the days of the Exodus, or you just work your way through scriptures and you see time and time again how God sees a people worshiping false gods, turning away from the living God. And what does he use to bring them back to their senses? He brings judgment. And today we see God's judgment on us again and again. And may it be that as a people, we give thanks that God has not turned away, but that he is speaking. And may we pray that we will hear as his church and pray to God to pour out his spirit upon us as a people, to revive us, to quicken us, that we would see, as the psalm says, all the earth, all the earth to make a joyful noise to the Lord. What does he see in our hearts today then? Is it that shout of joy, thankfulness? We make sure that we keep our eyes on the Lord, looking to him. Our call to worship and thanksgiving in this psalm is a call to remember God and all his gracious benefits, all that he has done. We can look back just a few days, but we can look back further. As we heard in prayer too, generations. We give thanks for God's word down through generations to us. And we pray that a generation yet unborn would hear the word of God and rejoice in him. The second thing we see here is the reason for thanksgiving. We have a call to worship with thanks found in verse 1 and 2. Then in verse 3, we're given this this wonderful reason uh, for uh, giving thanks to God. 
Know that the Lord is the Lord. He is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. First of all, we see that, again, there is this imperative there. Know, know that the Lord, he is God. Know with confidence who you have worshipped and are worshipping. Know with confidence who we are giving thanks to. It is God who we met with in word and sacrament. It is God who we meet with day by day in thanksgiving and prayer and through his word to us. We meet with a living God and that we are thankful for. But what does it mean to know God? What does it mean for us to know God? Well, one of the things that we see in the scriptures is the gift of God, knowing him that we find in Psalm 40, verse 1 to verse 3. That psalm says, and we could repeat it, I waited patiently for the Lord. He heard my cry. He took me from the pit out of the clay and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. It is the Lord who is the God of our salvation. It is him who has brought us up. It is him who we are thankful for. The reason we are thankful is we could not save ourselves, but God, by his grace, lifted us up. And as he lifts us up, he says, he puts a new song in my mouth, a song to praise our God. He gives us a new song, a song of praise, a song of thanksgiving. He reminds us of all the reasons we have to give thanks to God. The psalmist then says that we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. We are, we are his personal possession. That's what the psalmist is saying there. And why is that? Well, it's the foundation of our reasons for thanksgiving. As we have remembered over these past days, our reason for thanksgiving is that he gave himself for us. Titus 2 verse 14 says, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. Is that such an encouraging verse? Thinking back, but also looking forward. Who gave himself for us to redeem us, to purify for himself a people for his own possession. We are his, who are zealous for good works, who are zealous going forward in serving the Lord. We are his by the reason of the fact that he paid the price to redeem us. When we were sold under sin, we can praise his name that he paid the price. He died for us to set us free. We are to be thankful that we are his redeemed. And what does that mean to be redeemed by God? There are three different words used in translation of redeemed in the New Testament but every one of them, the foundation is being bought with a price. Galatians 4, verse 5. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, goes on, to redeem those who are under the law, 
so that we might receive adoption as sons. The word there means to take off the market. In other words, Jesus paid the price for us. We're no longer for sale. We are no longer slaves to sin in that way that we have been redeemed and bought and purchased with a price. Not just bought for a time, but bought for eternity because he intends to keep us and he will keep us. Preacher Robert Murray McShane, who was in Dundee, who died very young himself, he said, he said, if Christ had not chosen me, I would never have chosen him. If Christ had not shed his blood for me, I would never have shed a tear for him. If Christ had not sought after me, I would never have sought after him. If Christ had not loved me, I would never have loved him. The transforming power of grace. Robert Murray McShane knew it. And if we know it, as I hope we all do, then it makes us thankful to God for all that he has done, that he has redeemed us, that he has paid the price for us, that we might praise his name. And as we see in this verse too, we are his people of his pasture. He gives us that assurance here in this psalm. As we see so often through the scriptures that we are his sheep that he will look after. Jesus says, I lay down my life for my sheep. And we are a reminder of that constantly, of the, the way that he will supply our every need. And it's summed up really in Psalm 23 for us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not lack. It covers it all. The list is endless of the reasons that we have to give thanks. Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not lack. May we go on uh, giving thanks to God with that reason of thanksgiving that we have in Christ Jesus. The third and final thing we see in this psalm then is the endurance of thanksgiving. And we see that in the, in the closing verses, verse 4 and 5. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him, bless his name, for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever, ever, and his faithfulness to all generations. When we have this thankful knowledge of God, he opens the gates for us. The experience of the psalmist was to enter into praise and worship of God, was to go through the gates into the presence of God. And we have that access through Christ. We come through him who is the door. We come through him who is the way. We enter boldly into the presence of God through his name. We have access in this way. No longer do we come with sacrifices. No longer do we come with bull and oxen and all the rest. Because the price has been paid. The sacrifice has been given. We come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We come to remember 
his precious name and to give thanks to him and to go on giving thanks to him. This is ongoing praise. God's love is steadfast and endures to all generations. And that is a reason God is faithful and worthy of all our praise and thanksgiving. And that's what he's calling us to today as well, to come and worship him, to come and give thanks to him, because all other secular gods are worthless. They are idols dumb, as the scriptures describe them. But we read here, for the Lord is good. And that is what we have known. That is what we know. And that's what we pray. We will go on knowing that he is good. And are we able to say that today? Because if we know him, you surely can. Can we not come and say the Lord has been good to us? So may we go forward remembering that we are his, that we are his people, that his love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. The Lord is saying to us, you are mine and I will keep you. Just like it says in Malachi in the Old Testament, there in chapter 3, verse 16, it says, then those who feared the Lord spoke with one another. It, it speaks there of fellowship, of reminding and encouraging one another. And then it says, the Lord paid attention and heard them. And a book of remembrance was written before him of those who feared the Lord and esteemed his name. And he said, they shall be mine, says the Lord of hosts. In the day when I make up my treasured possession, and I will spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. He will make up his treasures. And you as his people, as his children, will be part of that treasured possession. We have that assurance, the endurance of praises that we will ever praise the Lord. The parents of a young man who was killed in the Second World War. They were at a memorial service in the church after the war. And they made a payment to the church of 200 pounds. It's a memorial to the son that they'd lost. And that was a great sum of money at that time. But in the service that day was another mother of a son who had been to war. But that son had come home. But she whispered to her husband, who was sitting beside her, and said, let us give the same for our boy. The husband turned and said, well, why? What, what are you talking about? Our boy didn't lose his life. And the mother said, that's just the point. The ones who had lost a son were thankful. The ones who still had their son but encouraged in that moment to give thanks for what they had. And so often in our life as we live, we forget the price that has been paid, the one who gave his life. We live because he died. And as we think of that, the endurance of our thanksgiving should go on. We have life through him 
by faith. And for that, we give thanks. God alone is worthy of all our praise. May he fill our hearts with thankfulness. There was a minister in Edinburgh many years back. He was, no, he was called Alexander White. He was quite a famous minister in his day, but he was always knowing for uplifting prayers in the pulpit. He always had a reason to give thanks. Well, there was this Sunday morning, one Sunday morning as they gathered for worship, and the weather outside was horrendous. Rain and wind, gales blowing. And there was someone sitting in the church, and they whispered to the person beside them, well, surely the preacher, he won't have anything to give thanks for today. Not on such a wretched day as this. As he began to pray, his words were, we thank thee, O God, it's not always like this. And as we look back over these last number of years, are we giving thanks to God in the midst of all the challenges? It's not always like this. And as we go forward, may we see his sun rising on our church and on our people to make us thankful and bless us and give our thankfulness even more, going forward, praising his name for all that he has done. May we be thankful evermore for all his goodness to us. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, you bless us so much. And we thank you that even in the darkest of days, we can say, thank you, Lord. It's not always like this. And we pray, Lord, that you will make your face to shine upon us anew, that you will fill our hearts with a true sense of thankfulness to be able to praise your name and to go on, O Lord, in your strength, saying, the Lord is good. We are blessed us so much and we are humbled by you. And so we pray, Lord, keep us in your presence and in your strength as we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.